This week on Against the Grain, we'll talk to a Houston insider about Deshaun Watson, and I'll make an argument the Eagles should have kept Doug Peterson. We are cutting against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Against the grain. Now your host for Against the Grain. Against the Here's Andrew Perloff. Welcome to Against the Grain. I'm your host, Andrew Perloff, here with producer extraordinaire Marvin Prince. Uh, it's been an emotional week for Philadelphia Eagles fans, uh, many of which text me about 500 times a day. My dad is a, a serious Eagles fan, very, very serious Eagles fan. And Marvin, he called me last night and he was emotional. He not get he does not get emotional about anything. He's like, listen, I love Doug Peterson. I'm going to jump right in here and start talking Eagles without setting the podcast at all. I love Doug Peterson, but pulling Jalen Hurts was such an anti-competitive act. I'm fine with firing him. And I, I argued with him. I just said, Dad, why do you care about what happens to the New York Giants? That game meant nothing. If he hadn't started Jalen Hurts, you wouldn't have even thought twice about it. He didn't play Alshon Jeffrey. You didn't care. Nobody, I am, I'm going to go down on this one. I understand it was, the timing wasn't perfect, but who cares about the Nate Sudfeld game? That would have been gone in three weeks. So here we are. Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles owner, decides that, I don't know, I assume he decided to move on. Maybe Doug Peterson sort of helped that along, said, I don't want to be there. This is a guy who won a Super Bowl. I'm not, you know, I understand coaches get stale, but it was three years ago. What He won. He knows how to win football games. And even after the Super Bowl, he won with an injury-plagued lineup. He won with a quarterback who lost his confidence. I still, I have not gotten one Good argument for firing Doug Peterson. Have you heard anything good out there, Marvin? No, because anything else would just be stupid. There's no good reason to fi- have fired him. Yeah, I just didn't. I just don't understand it at all. And also, is it something that I'm missing? I thought if you win a Super Bowl, you can get five years yeah. grace period. And then they made the playoffs last season. Yeah. So it's not like they've been on a three year run of just garbage. Like they've been a pretty competitive team. And you know, this year just wasn't great. But did the Nate Sudfeld game kind of just take management over the edge and just say all right Doug you know thanks for the Super Bowl but that's it so there's reports that there was an argument about who should be the offensive coordinator Doug wanted Press Taylor who's been there for a while now a subsequent report says the Eagles wanted them to get rid of Frank Reich in 2016 the offensive coordinator on the Super Bowl team he didn't do it that worked out pretty well so you never know how these things are going to work out if I think we're on the coaching carousel Doug Peterson wasn't their number one choice they wanted Ben McAdoo, the guy who flamed out with the Giants. At least that's what reports said. So there's obviously some luck involved here. Now, there are a couple guys I'd like to see them hire. They have an assistant named Deuce Staley. I was a big fan of the him running as a player. Back. Yeah, everyone, mm-hmm. reporters I know say, ooh, he's a really, really good coach. So that would be a nice consolation prize. Reminds me of Doug Peterson himself. Was around the organization for a long time. Seems like a good people person. I kind of like that. Eric Bieniemy. You know, if you get Eric Bieniemy, I'm like, oh, maybe you should keep Carson. Let's we'll see what we could do there. Because I feel like that guy has got a little offensive magic. So I'd be excited about that. You know, th- that being said, I do think the team has serious problems. They're so old. Like, their good players are old. Their GM has had some bad picks lately, Harry Roseman. I think he's done some great things over the years. Bit of a slump. I don't know if that's coaching. Jalen Rager this year was a mistake. You know, he took Jalen Rager one pick ahead of Justin Jefferson, who he later admitted that he did a lot of work on. You didn't see it, did you? And that's a mistake. Obviously, he took J.J. Arcega-Whiteside over D.K. Metcalf. That's what everyone focuses on. But 
there have been a lot of picks lately that just haven't worked out for whatever reason. That's what happens. You know, every Bill Belichick's not a great drafter in New England. I don't want to kill him for that. So you got to start over, and I'm not sure where, but it should have been Doug Peterson. And is there a place for fairness, too? Like, dude, he earned five years. One year, nobody was—the Eagles had basically every game a new starting, new starting offensive line— and even when their like potential Hall of Famer Jason Peters was in there, he'd come out like every fourth play limping. So you can't judge anything on this year. I don't know why they did. Then again, you know Jeffrey Lurie's had good luck hiring coaches, so I can't doubt him. What's up? I would have given ownership the benefit of the doubt regarding firing Peterson if this was the '90s Cowboys and they just won that one Super Bowl. And you're like, we were stacked. This team wasn't stacked. They were injury plagued even last year. Yep. And still made the playoffs. So I just thought, just based off the Super Bowl alone, and it's not like it's the Patriots where you're expecting, you know, championship success on a regular basis. Like this team had never won a Super Bowl before. They won NFL championships, but not a Super Bowl. I feel like, by the way, we're not going against the grain here. This, I think, this is the more common take that it was too soon. All right, that's enough Eagles for now. Let's talk about another team with some issues: Houston Texans, sitting there with a gem at quarterback, Deshaun Watson, one of the top five guys in the league. They don't know what they're doing. I wanted to get the local feel for what's going on with Deshaun Watson. So I called up my buddy, Raheel Ramtanali. Uh, he's the host of the Raheel Show podcast and the No Layups podcast, sports anchor on NTV, NTV in Houston. Great dude. I know he likes Deshaun. I, I just don't, I'm not sure how the Texans get out of this mess because they have no draft picks. They really don't have a lot of talent around them. JJ Watt getting old. So I'm going to talk to Raheel, see what they can do, and if they would take any trade calls for Deshaun Watson. All right, Raheel, I'm one of the 31 other NFL teams. I'm calling the Texans. How big an offer do you need if you're the you're the new Texans GM to trade Deshaun Watson? Yo, I need part ownership, okay? I need part of your team. I need part of your team if you're going to take Deshaun Watson from me. That's how much I'm asking for because – that's what he means to the Texans. And granted, you look at it on a, a on an NFL scale. Look, franchise quarterbacks are hard to find, but you can find some, right? Whether it be through the draft, whether it be through development, you can find franchise quarterbacks. The Texans, however, have never been able to get this right. And they finally got it right with Deshaun Watson. And for him to leave now, this is one of the most painful things, not only covering the team, but also as a fan of the team. So it would require a lot. Now, for real, it's going to be, you know, what do you have in terms of a quarterback that you can offer back and maybe another piece, right? And then we're talking about draft picks. I need another first, maybe two firsts. I need a second. And then give me a fifth. You know why? Because I just want to, I just want a fifth rounder for some reason, but I need something good back. I need something good back that I can build around or maybe even flip. Yeah, you got you get that fifth round tight end who's going to get a key playoff touchdown. Yeah. We know that fifth rounder is huge. <laughs> yeah. So, which situation in Houston? We'll get off football for a second. Provides the most anxiety: Deshaun, James Harden, or I'm going to go back a couple years. The Astros cheating. Like if you had to rank the three big teams, what what's the, the one that's your personal nightmare if it goes bad? The Astros. It, it okay. without a doubt that one is number one because that dismantled 
the momentum and the franchise, in my opinion, right? With Jeff Luno leaving, who, yeah. um, I mean, there's a lot of stories about him and he's cutthroat, but man, that dude could build a team that could, that he could find um, diamonds in the rough. And then of course, AJ Hinch, right? So that dismantled the group that had so much promise. And it put a stink on the team that you can overcome. You, we saw the Astros get to game seven of the ALCS. They got their swagger back and all that. And that's fine, but it just dismantled the momentum, man. And that was rough. And, and I don't know if it's going to recover, right? Because now you're going to start losing these key pieces. You're going to lose Carlos Correa, maybe to free agency. George Springer, more than likely gone. And and now you're going to have to rebuild and find this new way to rebuild. So number one, it's the Astros. Yeah, but they're all dismantling situations. James Harden, mm-hmm. I think the, the Rockets are already partially dismantled. Yeah. And if Deshaun left... That feels like a complete dismantling as well, which might be maybe that's the best thing. I don't think so in that case, but all three of them feel pretty devastating to where you were a couple of years ago. To me, the dismantling of the Rockets happened after they traded Chris Paul. When when yeah. they when they said, "Hey James, yes, we'll get rid of Chris Paul because you guys don't get along because he expects more from you," that was the dismantling of the Rockets. And, and me personally. I was over James Harden in 2016 when he just quit in that Spurs series. I was done. Like, I'm good with it. You know what? I, I don't need to see any more. And I get it. They brought in Chris Paul and they were a hamstring away and all of that. And by the way, James Harden, the greatest offensive player ever, according to Daryl Morey, he had two games to dismantle the Warriors and he couldn't get it done. Yeah. And it's a tough ask. But if you want to be in that conversation of the greats, you have to go and do something like beating the Warriors without Chris Paul and getting to the finals. And then we'll see what happens with LeBron. With the Texans in the NFL, if you have a culture and you have a GM, you can rebuild. You can get mm. things done, right? And if you can start getting some of those picks back, it would suck to see Deshaun leave and get traded. But you can start rebuilding in the NFL if you have somebody in charge that has a vision and has a plan. And I think Nick Casario is that guy that has a plan. But just unfortunately, right now, with the hands, uh, with the hand that he's been dealt, he doesn't have many picks. He doesn't yeah. have much free agency flexibility with the cap situation either. Have you followed the national storyline on the Texans? Is basically they gave all the power to Jack Easterby and built around him in a weird way and not Deshaun. I don't know if that's fair, but I said to Dan Patrick, I'm like, listen. People have been trying to get Nick Casario for five years. He's the only one in the room with Belichick. He's a lot different than these other guys. Like, So to me, that was a kind of a good get, even though a lot of people said, like, oh, another Patriots cast-off. To me, I was like, wow, I, I'm kind of surprised they were able to land him. I know. Same here. I when So what happened, or what happened uh, in 2019 was yeah. Brian Gaines was let go, right? Jack Easterby comes in. He, he, he gets into the head of Bill O'Brien. He's like, hey, you don't need Brian Gaines. Come on, you can do this. Hey, we got this, buddy. We got this, right? <laughs> and these are all dramatic re, uh, reenactments, by the way. That's not officially what happened, <laughs> right? Uh, but it was just dramatically recreating it for you. Um, they get rid of Brian Gray- Gain, who had a really good draft when you go back and look at it, right? That was his only draft. Wait, really? I See, I yeah, never he actually had a pretty had- good draft. Get who did he draft? That was uh, so- we had so they got they got a uh, tackle in Titus Howard. Uh, you had some all around uh, tight ends that you could use, yeah. which are again you need tight ends for that one catch yeah. every game. It's pretty big, but it wasn't one of those bad drafts. You go, oh, we got to get got rid it. of him, right? It was a good draft. Like it's, it really wasn't that bad. It wasn't like a Jets draft where like all eight guys are gone in like a year and a half. No, no, you actually had guys make the team, which was awesome. You're like, yeah, this is kind of nice. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so when Jack does that and, you know, he takes over and he gets the power, 
And now you land Nick Casario, somebody that you wanted at the time, but then the Patriots stepped in. They're like, don't you dare flirt with Nick Casario because yeah, yeah. we will take you to court. We'll take you to NFL court. Yes, I remember that, yeah. Yeah, like that's when, when a team does that, that means they really like the guy, right? You know who t- teams don't uh, threaten with tampering charges? Guys that they don't care about. Yeah, yeah. So that to me was a sign, like just reading the room, like, hey, this guy's pretty dang good at what he does or is really valuable to the Patriots. So when they actually landed him, I'm like, this is a good hire, right? It, the resume is fantastic. Yeah. It's just the way it was done. The so that's what that were burned. Yeah. So that's it, what everyone's upset about. And Deshaun, that's what he's upset about. The And mm-hmm. for Deshaun, was it not? interviewing Eric Bieniemy, who came highly recommended from Patrick Mahomes or was it the Nick Casario hire or it's a combination of everything it was a talk that he had with Cal McNair and this is yeah. all on the record this yeah. is all on uh, I mean he talked about it at a press conference yeah. right the the press conference after the season ended he said he talked to Cal McNair he put in a great word for Tim Kelly who's the offensive coordinator has put up uh, I mean just fantastic numbers right Deshaun was great this season from a production standpoint he talked to Cal McNair, and in that meeting, they, you know, Cal said that, hey, we will talk to you about the GM and the head coach. Not that you're going to have a say in it, that, hey, you know, mm. it's only Deshaun's candidate or not. It's just we're going to talk to you. We're going to keep you in the loop, right? You're, in, you're the most important piece of this franchise. And then the next day, he finds out, like, wait, hold on. You guys didn't talk to me. What happened? Yeah. What I thought you were going to talk to me, Cal. And now you just went and just hired somebody else without even hey saying, hey, Deshaun, look, we're thinking about Nick. You know, uh, Jack made a good push for him, uh, you know, last night. What do you think about this? Instead, it was just he's finding out like the rest of us on Twitter that Nick Casario is going to be the next GM. And that's where that bridge was burned. Put yourself in Deshaun's shoes. Would you want to stay in Houston? Would you want to go to I'll give you a team, the Niners, for example. Man, you tell me I can move to California. Oh, I'm there. I'm so, so no, no. forget it. I've I'm got to tell you, I, I'm going to the Niners because you got Kyle Shanahan, you got Nick Bosa coming back, you got a defense, you know, because this is nothing against your hometown team, but they're, they need a rebuild all over the place from yeah. like the. So is, is it a timing matchup where Deshaun's in his prime and the rebuild's happening? That's what's confusing. You know what I'm doing? If I'm, if I'm Deshaun Watson, I'm telling my agent, hey, what's happening with the Rams? What's happening over there? What's happening yeah. with Sean McVay and the Rams? Because I want to live in L.A. I want to live uh, and, of course, be there, but also be with an operative coach yeah. and a coach that gets it, right, that empowers quarterbacks. Um, they know how to build over there. They're not cheap. They figure it out somehow. I still have no idea how the Rams signed everybody, okay? I like You're like, what the heck? Does the cap rule not apply to the Rams? Because <laughs> you have literally yeah. signed everybody, and everybody's gotten theirs, which is awesome. And then he's friends with Jalen Ramsey, right? Like, I want to go play with a friend. There was, for the longest time on Twitter, those two used to flirt so much about, like, we're going to play together, we're going to play together. And then the Jacks traded him to the Rams, Jalen, and it never worked out, right? So, like, I would reach Mm. out. I'd be like, hey, let's see what the situation is there, right? And then you have a trade piece where it matches up, bring Jared Goff back, and then get some picks. But the problem is the Rams, I believe, don't have as many picks as the Dolphins do, right? So that's one where... Uh, it wouldn't work. But to me personally, I'm like, I'm figuring this out because you're right. They're not, they're not a piece away. They're not a Super Bowl contender by any means. They were by any means, they were a four-win team that could have maybe won seven, right? Yeah. If, if the ball goes the other way. And that's fine, but you're not a contender. It doesn't matter if I'm Deshaun. Um, it it just you're not there and, and you have no pieces to build. So I'm reaching out. I'm trying to get a trade. I'm yeah. trying to get the most out of my time right now in the NFL. You know, I'm just, I don't know what it is. I would take the Bay Area over LA anytime, personally living. So, 
you know, also Deshaun has a girlfriend now. I follow Instagram. I know what's going on. The Bay Area, if you're not like a young single superstar, that's the place to raise a family. That is so much. You live where, where the stadium is. It's sunny there. It's, you don't get the bad weather. So I'm giving you a choice. You get a Man. huge job in L.A., a huge job in San Francisco. What are you taking? I, I'm taking L.A. every single yeah, day. You're, you're a I mean, it's guy. not even a discussion. And I'm married. I have a daughter. I want to be in L.A. I've gone to both. I love L.A. because, one, I can go out there and surf. Okay, that's huge to me. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. There's a big skimboarding scene as well. Do you know what skimboarding is? No. Okay, so skimboarding is, it's like, um, it's a little smaller of a board. And you start on the sand and you throw you run with it oh, and yeah. you throw it down and then you catch the skim and get into that first wave, the break, and then you ride that back into shore. It's one of the coolest things. I do it in Galveston, and there's just not enough. Galveston's a beach right here uh, by the city. Oh, of well aware. Well aware. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just beautiful. It's some people call it the Cabo of the South. Okay. Of okay. Yeah. South. It's weird, though. Yeah. It is beautiful, but like when the pickup truck pulls up right behind where you're lying out, that's a little weird. Yeah. <laughs> I arrived at Galveston <laughs> Beach, and there were trucks all on the beach. What What's going yeah. on there? That's Galveston Beach is like, uh, it, it's brown water. Uh, <laughs> people hate on it here so much, but I love it. I just need, hey, hey look, if, if you have a break, I'm going to try to skimboard it, right? So yeah. to me, that's why I want to go out to LA. You got good breaks there. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, the weather's great. Um, now, will we be living in a one bedroom next to a yeah. deli? Yeah, yeah probably. Probably. We're, yeah. Are we going to pay like $6 million for it? Probably. But you know what? It's LA. So that'll get you nothing in San Francisco either. So I have an issue. My daughters are younger. They're getting into surfing. But I live, I live on the East Coast. I live in Brooklyn. There's a beach called Rockaway Beach, which is okay. You know, they get a little surfing. But then in the summer, my wife's family's from Boston. We go up to Cape Cod. So we go to all the surf. Every time I'm there, whistle, 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 great white. I am never getting on a surfboard. Have you followed? See, you're in Houston. You don't see. There are sharks all up and down the north. No, I see it. I see the track. I mean, you'll see the trackers in the summer, and you yeah. see them like, yo, look at how many sharks there are. Yeah, I want no part. That's where that's where Jaws was, right? Like up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I yeah. want no part of that. I, I'm good. I'm but, with you. But they're out in L.A. too. Yeah. So you you know you get out there in your wetsuit, you kind of look like a seal. Forget it. I'm not doing no. it. So the L.A. sharks, L.A. sharks are are vegan, so it's fine. That's they're not gonna they're, they're not gonna mess with us. All they're right. Like, no, I can't, man. Yeah. So how good do you think Deshaun is? If, if you think he's top three in the league, top 10 in the league, top 20? I, I'm just, I'll go first. I think he's okay. top five. I think he's awesome. It's a fair top five is great. Right. Yeah. So like, I, and I do this exercise with everybody and I'll do it with you right now. How many teams would trade for Deshaun Watson right now? Uh, the chiefs would yeah. not chiefs, right? Would not. Chiefs definitely would not. Would the Packers trade Aaron Rodgers? They just drafted Jordan love. So, okay. I don't know if they. I mean, the the optics wouldn't be good this right now, but no. I, and and he's probably going to win the most valuable player, right? Like yeah. it would. I, let's go no, right? Like you let's just can't no. do that. It would be horrible. Yeah. If the Texans called the Seahawks right now and said, "Hey, oh. you saw what happened with Russell, right? You, you can't you do that. that. You can't would trade. You trade. I would, would you do it? I would want Deshaun Watson, but nah, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Come on, there's a little, there's got to be some degree of loyalty. Okay. Okay, so there's three. There's three right there that we're going to put ahead of him, right? Yeah. Who's number four? Josh Allen. Who would, Josh Allen? No, I, I, don't know, I would man. take Deshaun, but I'm just throwing that I would name take. Out. I would take Deshaun as well. Like, yeah. by like one season of Josh Allen yeah, yeah. where he looks comfortable, he looks dynamic, all that. Or do you take Deshaun, right? Lamar and, Jackson, Baltimore? That's a good one. I would ta- I'd take Deshaun. I like Lamar I would take Deshaun as yeah. well, but I think Baltimore, like everything they do, they've built and they've gone all in on Lamar Jackson. 
so he would be top five. Yeah. Maybe number four for me. Yeah. Yeah, you're and, right. And I yeah, mean, Dak like, is great, but there's no way Dallas would. I mean, especially with the mm-hmm. injury now, there's a lot. Trying to think of the highly paid guys. Obviously, Kirk Cousins gets a lot of money, but no way you do that in a second. Yeah, uh, Brady. I mean, you would rather have Deshaun Watson right now than Brady. Yeah, right? Breeze. Obviously, Breeze. That's, those are different. Carson yeah. Wentz gets 150 million, and he can't even win his own job. I'm trying to think. Is there anyone obvious worth it? Oh, uh, well. You know, you might get like a Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow argument, an unproven guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm not. Unproven guys will leave them. In Trevor Lawrence own, is not yeah. in the conversation. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence. Well, that's count. actually in the conversation because if we had a discussion, totally hypothetical. If you're Jacksonville, you say, "All right, Houston, we'll give you the number one. You give us Deshaun. Would you? If you're Jacksonville, would you do that? Because I wouldn't, because of the cap certainty of having the number one overall pick. Yeah, I know Deshaun's under contract, but that's the model you got to build around the young guy. Which would make me ask, do the Texans consider, even though they don't have a draft pick, that would be good if they had their own draft pick, would they consider, like, let's get a young guy in and rebuild the whole thing? If they had a draft pick, I think you should consider it. But since they don't, and you have so many glaring needs right now, whether it be uh, at corner, uh, whether it be on the <laughs> offensive line again, um, you know, other, you just need some skilled players as well. Wide receivers, an interesting thing, because what are they going to do with Will Fuller, um, who's been great, but then, you know, he's injured. Then you have the the PED mm. suspension to think about as well. Are you, you're not going to franchise tag him. Is he going to take a team friendly deal? Probably not. So you got to figure out the wide receiver position now. So there's just more holes. And, and again, it, it depends. Like if Deshaun is here, which do you address, right? Do you do you now make a pick to make sure in the third round, because that's when your pick is, to get something on the offensive side? Or do you start rebuilding that defense? Because that defense was historically mm. bad. And, yeah. and there's no signs, there's no guys there that are showing anything that they could be a big piece of the team next year. So, um, I mean, I would love to, but they, they just don't have enough picks to do that right now. Absolutely. You know, you go back a year ago, say today, I'll paint a picture. It's the second quarter. The Texans are up 24 nothing. I think it was 24 nothing on the Chiefs. Uh, James Harden is just balling out for the Rockets. Like, Houston sports was on top of the world. And now, like, a year later, oh, man, it's uh, Harden shows up at practice looking like, I don't I I'm, I'm not going to make any weight jokes, but that warm-up last night, oh, my God. He can't wear those light colors, and he can't tuck in his pants. He's got to do a bunch of different things. The team really needs to work with him and get some uh, vertical strike. <laughs> vertical you know strike. what? Like, look, yeah. my man's thick. Okay, he's a, he, he's a thick he's a thick NBA player. He's always been kind of thick, right? Yeah. And in the season, he to, you know he tones down a little bit. And you can see that he's obviously in shape, but he's always big to start the season. Come on, let's get a James Harden vertical stripe warm up. Wait, Marvin wants to weigh in here real quick. Hey, I just had a quick question. Is this such a waste of a great color scheme? Those uniforms last mm-hmm. night that the Rockets yeah. had are phenomenal. And I feel like this team is, is in such disarray that it's just taken away from the beauty that is these new uniforms. Okay, so let can I go against the grain here? I think those are the worst uniforms oh. ever, ever. Not because of the color scheme, but because yeah. it's such a basic team move. And I wanted to say something else like a basic B, but I don't want to get in trouble. It's just, it's basic because what they're doing is they're just knocking off the Houston Oilers. Like, oh, this, okay. the, uh, look, everybody loves the Houston Oilers in Houston because they won so many titles and oh my gosh, the great memories. Look, I'm a little bit younger, so I kind of get under the skin of uh, older radio yeah. hosts here. Yeah. That just, they just, oh, wait, love you call me Oilers, an older radio right? right? yeah. oh. No, 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 I'm oh. saying in, in, yeah. in Houston. Accurate. And they all they all just love the Oilers, love your blue and all that stuff. 
And I'm going, when they announced the uniforms, I was like, what are you guys doing, mm. Houston Rockets? Do you guys not have a marketing uh, executive to talk you down and tell you this is the dumbest move? Because you guys won championships. The Houston Rockets have won titles. Honor those teams. Why are you honoring a bunch of teams and a bunch of players that left town? What is wrong with you? Like, right. And then last night, the same night, the Nets have the same color scheme. Yeah. And it fits the Nets because that's an actual throwback to when they had those uniforms. What are you guys doing? I, I hate those uniforms. Okay, my issue with it, I, you know, the LeBron no-look thing became the highlight of the night. So I kept seeing that play over and over again. And I'm looking, I'm like, first of all, I think it's the Kings. It doesn't look like the Rockets. Yeah. It looks like it. I'm like, where's Marv Bagley Jr.? Second of all, I see Boogie Cousins, and like I'm like, wait, who's on the Rockets again? Where are the guys? Like, where's Westbrook? Where's Harden? Where's like, I honestly could not name, and I follow the NBA pretty closely. I couldn't name three of the guys who were on the court at the time. This team is gone. The roster has uh, been redefined of late, and they usually play six guys, so it was easy. It was Eric Gordon. It was Harden. It was uh, uh, you know, Capella, PJ Tucker, PJ Tucker, yeah. Well, yeah. Now, yeah, I don't like it. It's not. It's not yeah. the Rockets. Okay. Okay. Since you, uh, yeah. sorry, go can ahead. I bring up one more thing, yeah, real please. quick, because you brought up the Kings, and of course, the Rockets played the Lakers last, uh, yes. last night. Um, when players have certain branded things about them, right? Of course, Anthony Davis, the brow, right? He, he's yeah. he has the unibrow and all that. Darren Fox for a long time had the hair, right? And he got rid of that bit. It, I, let's call it a bit. At what point does a player have to get rid of the bit? Because Anthony Davis is a freaking NBA champion. Yeah. And now I'm just like, man, you got to go get that waxed. You got to get rid of the unibrow. Like the bit. Is, I thought you don't he need, did. You don't need the bit. No, I thought he, he still did. has it. That was an April Fool's uh, joke that he did with uh, oh, okay. Grand. And they're like, oh, look, I got rid of the bit. Look, my unibrow's gone. You're a champion now. You don't need that to carry you anymore. Well, I got, I, I'm not, I have an unpopular take here. I find that the current Lakers are the Spurs championship teams. Anthony Davis, I don't want to see it. I'm flipping over to Zion. I think they're so bored. Wake me up in game five of the finals. Is that an exciting team to you, the Lakers? Or just expect excellence, right? You expect excellence. I'm with you. It's, yeah. I mean, there's nothing exciting about seeing uh, uh, Anthony Davis hit a three anymore. Yeah. LeBron is great. And he's, now, he's bored. He's yeah, bored, like, so he's screwing yeah. around now. And, and, they're so, and they're so robotic in yeah. that they know exactly what they can get, what shot yeah. they need to get. Uh, even Dennis Schroeder, who I love watching because he's exciting and he gives 110% on defense. Even he's like starting to become part of that robotic system. So I'm with you. Like yeah. I, if, if on a league pass night when I yeah. don't have to watch the Rockets, I'm not going to a Lakers game. No. So who? What's your go-to? You get to watch one team. I like uh, man. I, they're not good to watch right now. I like the Wizards because I love Russell oh. Westbrook. I love Russell Westbrook and I love Bradley Beal. I love what Bradley Beal is doing. He's no, he no, needs no, no. to get out. He needs to get out. I know, I know. It, and look, it's the Nets as well because I love KD. KD was at school when I was at Texas. I yeah. covered him the one year he was there, so I love KD. But I feel like that's a cop out answer. Like watching one of the best teams yeah. in the league. Uh, although they got the vibes and I love the vibes. So you know, best now, vibes. I don't care. League. Washington can go under. They can become the new Golden State Warriors <laughs> and win three championships. There is a stigma around that team I can never get over. It goes back 30 years. Like when uh, John Wall got there, I'm like, oh, he's on the Wizards. And uh, basically any Washington DC team is a complete non-interest. Like to me, the, I don't know if Otto Porter is still even there. Otto Porter is the all-time wizard. Like he, I, I remember him from college, top five pick, but but they do have the Israeli kid who I've been kind of rooting for, but he hasn't done much. So I'm trying to get into 
Bradley Beal, I, I am scouting. I'm a Sixers fan, yeah, so I'm scouting Bradley Beal. That's a good piece for you guys. Man, I, I used to do. I used to watch OKC games because I loved Westbrook so much. Like even after uh, Grant oh, left, so I, your boy was up on like mahogany casino ads <laughs> for OKC Southwest. I was all up on it. Like, oh, I know. Yo, it's for it right now. It's Truck Month in OKC, so let's go get that new F one fifty. OKC has the best League Pass things. My favorite, <laughs> my favorite part of League Pass. I watch League Pass. I'm just like, who's gonna have the scrubbiest X player on their halftime? show like the jerry ice reynolds Sac- <laughs> sacramento and okc go back and forth for like the lower lo-fi <laughs> time show they're unbelievable and it's like i'm like is yeah. this 2021 like this is right out of 1991 what's going on man those uh, halftime shows that's the that's an underrated aspect of nba tv broadcast and, and league pass <laughs> like i love seeing like what's happening in other markets i mean we have yeah. calvin murphy here yeah, yeah, Calvin Murphy, like his bit, the suits, like it's still like okay. Oh, look, Calvin Murphy's wearing a crazy it's suit. It's a little old like, school. That bit's yeah, kind of. It's like it's old, but it kind of works. But we don't have anything either here. You're like, well, oh, this this is kind of boring. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, actually, one more serious topic. Uh, okay. So I'm I'm a Sarkeesian fan. I like Steve. I I've met him several times. Great guy. He got a little controversy with his Eyes of Texas thing. And I, I'll be honest, I'm not totally up on the story. I know that it's yeah. a it's a song that upsets some people. So. What's the, uh, is there, is there any, it seems like the wrong thing to do to promote the song to me. Is there any out for Sark on this one? Man, there, there really is. And he's in a tough position. So to reset what it is real yeah. quickly. So the eyes of Texas is our school song, right? Our yeah. fight song. We sing it. Um, I, I mean, we literally sing it at everything. I was at a Texas X, um, uh, at a career meeting just, uh, right before the pandemic started. We sang it there and, and mm. everyone's in their suits and we sang it to end the meeting. That's how important the song is to alumni. And it's a song that has roots, um, the historical roots, in, in, you know, with the minstrel shows and, and there are ties there to that. And now, you know, students are up on it. When I was there on campus, I had the words printed on my wall because it united me with the rest of the student body. Like I loved singing that song mm. because I'm a Pakistani immigrant, okay? And, and I was the third student of my family to be at the University of Texas. So my older brother was there, uh, my older sister. And it not only united us with like the rest of the culture and the rest of the races and people there, it bonded us together, right? So like, it's an important song to me and I love it. I, it it's so, it, like when I, when I sing it, I get emotional because I know what it means, right? But then it doesn't mean the same for a lot of students. Uh, a lot of students, when you learn about it, you go, man, it just doesn't hold that weight. Now, if we stop singing that song, it's not going to take away the love for the university, what that university means to me and my family. If it's a new song, I'm going to sing that as well. And that hopefully will unite the whole alumni base, the students, and, and everything that comes with the University of Texas. Unfortunately, the boosters, the donors that are, you know, five generations in, yeah. these guys that are like, it is, it is part of their life beyond anything else. They're not budging on this. And he is in a tough position because mm. the players of today, they want change and rightfully so. So do you, you know, do you bend down and say yes to the players or do you say to the boosters that could in a, you know, snap, get rid of you Ask Tom Herman, he, they got rid of him like that because yeah. it, they wanted him out. Right. It's a tough place for him. I, I think the best thing you can do is have meaningful dialogue with both parties, the student athletes, the students. And also to with the uh, with the boosters and donors, figure out like, hey, what does this mean to you? Why why do you think this? Have them talk to each other, and it's it's tough to do it now. We're in the pandemic mm. still, 
but they need to set up those kind of meaningful dialogues where they can learn about each other, where they can learn what this means and why it doesn't mean the same for that other party. Is he going to be able to keep some talent in state? What's going on there? He will. He will. I think he will, man. I, yeah. I, they are they, they actually are loaded with some talent right now. We've okay. got Bijan Robinson who ran all over um, uh, in the Alamo Bowl, which is great to watch. You've got uh, some young quarterbacks there. Casey Thompson looked great in the yeah. Alamo Bowl win. And you've got some wide receivers that, man, they are studs. I mean, you, you have four-star, five-star guys there right now. It's the offensive line. If you can get some pieces there, the defense will start playing up to uh, the level that they need to. I think he's in a good position right now because it is a stacked team. All right. So when I talk to you in a few months, is Deshaun Watson, that, that's all going to be gone in three months, right? They're going to get through this? I hope so. Yeah. I hope I hope uh, cooler heads prevail in this. They talk it out. They sit down. Uh, Cal McNair apologizes to, uh, po- apologizes to him, not only publicly, but also privately, right? Like, you need to do that. You need to start building the trust back with Deshaun Watson and the rest of the players uh, with, with what's happened. So you need to do that. You need to make the right head coaching hire. And, I mean, great, they submitted the request for Eric Bieniemy, but they forgot that, you know, the Chiefs, by the way, they have a game this week, so yeah. you can't even interview oh. uh, Eric Bieniemy. So it's not going to happen until the Chiefs probably repeat as Super Bowl champions. So you're already behind on that. Um, there's just a lot of fixing to do, and I hope – Three months now, when we talk, it's Deshaun is, is cool with the Texans. Everything's worked out, and Jackie Easterby is gone. Yeah, you yeah. make that move, that you it, you automatically get like 80% of that hate out of the building. Okay, option B is the Niners or the Rams trade for Deshaun and hire you and me as sideline reporters, and we, we head out to Cali. How's that sound? I'm doing it. Man, uh, I'm I'm there. I'm you, there. Although, you're going to have to come to L.A. because I'm not – I don't want to live in San Francisco. It gets – I know it's sunny where the stadium is, man, but I, I, I don't know. San Francisco is a little too cold for me. Oh, my. Well, you're not getting me in a wetsuit out as shark bait. That's not happening either. So <laughs> we're going to have to compromise. All right. I appreciate the time. I'd love to talk to you again soon, bud. Man, thank you so much for having me on. All right. That was, you know, that was a little tense there about the Rockets uniforms, Marvin. Listen, he shot you down. The disrespect was through the roof. That was personal, though, because he likes those red uniforms, which I don't like for the Rockets. I mean, what was so big? I mean, it's a red jersey with Rockets written in yellow now. I just like the creativity and then paying homage to the Houston Oilers that were big in the 80s, I guess. But I'm not from there, so I don't know what that means if you're from there. And But mm. I just love the color scheme. Yeah, but you don't want to wear that in warm-ups, that of what uh, James Harden was rocking. Okay, real quick. Did you like the Nickelodeon uh, broadcast? Loved it. Me too. (laughs) Wasn't it great? Baseball should do it. Nate Burleson's amazing. Uh, The other people with him were great. You know, it was, it did get a little, I didn't care that much about this. Oh, against the grain thing. I don't love SpongeBob. Is that weird? I don't find it that funny. I don't either. I don't watch SpongeBob really, but the couple times, you know, I've seen it, you know, somebody, you know, one of my nieces has it on. Whatever. It's okay, but like there are other cartoons that crack me up. Like my kids watch these cartoons that are hysterical. They're like Phineas and Ferb is hilarious. Yeah, yeah. They watch this thing called The Boss Baby. I know you know the movie Boss Baby. There's a cartoon on Netflix. It is like sitcom funny. It's hysterical. You got to get your kid into that. It's really fun. But nah, SpongeBob. I feel like SpongeBob is like, wait, am I not getting this? And I've always been like that. So whatever. I'm not gonna 
sit here and critique SpongeBob because the telecast was awesome. I want to see more of it. And I like when he explained the basic rules. Nate's like, okay, a legal procedure means this. I'm like, oh, that's what that means. I've been watching this sport like for 15 hours a week for 10 years. But didn't you turn some kids off by having them watch the Chicago Bears yeah, yeah, play yeah. football? Yeah. Like you didn't do them a favor. Like that's the game you guys are going to put on? I do love that Mitchell Trubisky won the uh, MVP award. Vote. Of course he did. That's amazing. And then the kid, the sideline reporter, who was great, goes, and uh, the winner is Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> Felt bad for him, but I'm all for the next Nickelodeon games. Did you follow on Twitter? Everyone's like, well, what if the game was on this channel? What if it was on the home network? Oh, yeah, I love those. Yeah, 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 yeah. That, was, that was good. So the NFL, you know, I, I was thinking the NFL needs to figure out a way to make some money because uh, – they're really hurting right now. There's only what, like 47 million people watching every terrible wild card game? Oh, that's it? Yeah. I mean, that Browns game was over in five minutes and it still had like 30 million people. And this weekend's going to be great. Uh, I'm, I'm totally psyched to lose some money this weekend. Why? Who do you have? Oh, uh, dude, I am throwing, I am throwing my college fund, my everything at the Ravens over the Bills because I've been riding the Ravens. They've been like, because when the Ravens cover, like, Except for last week, it was a closer game. But when they play like the Giants, like they do not let off the throttle. So I'm told the Ravens are going to run all over them, right? Am I wrong? Talk to me. Help me, Marvin, please. No, I'm not going to help you. I mean, there's a cot in my basement just in case your wife kicks you out if you lose. Yep, I'll all, be there. Yeah, all your money. But it's such a toss up because the thing about the NFL yeah. that's different than MLB and the NBA is it's one game. Yeah. So if you just have one bad game. Yeah. It's a different thing than, like, oh, LeBron had a bad game one. He loses every game one of the finals. I know. <laughs> but oh, dude, it's one of those things where oh, it could just be one bad game or just maybe one or two bad throws that could just change the course of the season. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to tell anybody what to do with their, their life savings that they've worked hard for yeah. and your parents have worked hard for and your kids are depending on. You go ahead. By the way, I totally – there was a bet I should have made. and I hate when people do this. Lakers money line in game one of their first series in the bubble playoffs. I was like, there's, there's just no way the Lakers are showing up. And then the Bucks also always lose the first game too. They both lost the same night. If you bet the money line on the eight seed and both, I, I know the Magic were one of them. You would have been a rich man. But that's a great point. The Lakers never show up for game one. Yeah, too bad Giannis didn't show up for games two, three, four <laughs> also. Yeah, Giannis, it's the next round that gets Giannis. All right, that's against the grain. I, I apologize for whatever we just talked about. Uh, every, we'll be here every week through the playoffs, and then it's draft time. Things get really good. Thanks for listening.